Hey everyone, welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to Daryl for 32 years, mom to eight kids ages six to 16, <laughs> 16 to 30, and Nana to seven. I'm also a 25-year veteran homeschooling mom, the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. Now, if you've been listening recently, you know that I have been really persistent about a call to action, and that is to check out my book that is coming up called The Four-Hour School Day. Wow, I, I almost I blanked there for just a second. <laughs> it's called The Four-Hour School Day, and it is being published by Zondervan. It's my first non-self-published book. And if you will go and check it out and decide to pre-order, you will get the devotional that I wrote specifically to go with this book, and you'll get it for free. So go check that out. I will leave uh, the link in the podcast notes where you can go do that. I'm excited today to be talking about discipline. Now, I know that wasn't the title. The title is Homeschooling, Be the Parent. But at the end of the day, this is really about discipline. And the reason that I felt like it was important to talk about this is because I believe that discipline is absolutely essential and key to an enjoyable homeschooling experience. Here's the bottom line, parents. At the end of the day, God calls us to discipline our children. Now, we live in a society and a culture that is overrun with emotion. People are making all kinds of decisions based on emotion, including how they're parenting their kids. And this this includes um, a, a lot of the parents, parents in the church, believing parents who just simply don't really understand the importance of disciplining their children. Now, you know, some of us grew up in homes where there was discipline. Others grew up in homes where there really wasn't. And so there's a really good chance that you could be learning this as you go. And honestly, even for those of us who have been raised in homes that there was discipline, we're learning as we go to because that's really at the end of the day what this is about. It's about leaning into the Lord and learning as we go, being willing to learn as we go. We need to stay teachable. And so uh, today I actually almost titled this, Be Parent First and Teacher Second, because here's what I've found to be true in all of these years of homeschooling is that often, in fact, Pretty much all the time, I can almost say it without um, any exception to the rule, that if we parent first, more often than not, learning happens naturally and teaching happens naturally. So we don't really have to work at being a teacher if we are simply trying to be a good parent, because God gives us wisdom along the way to tell us exactly what our children need. And this is why I always, I believe that more often than not, uh, Christian parents are the best teachers or what I call facilitators of their kids' education. And this is why I believe that most Christian parents can homeschool their children and do it well. So let's talk a little bit about discipline. I mentioned before that our culture is really overrun with emotion and makes uh, a lot of decisions 
based on emotion, a lot of really important decisions based on emotion. And I ran across this phrase the other day, and it really struck a chord with me as I was thinking about that and thinking about parenting. The phrase was, well, first of all, let me preface this with saying you've, you've heard of the book and the movie Sense and Sensibility. This phrase was sense and sen- sentimentality. So let me explain. I mentioned making decisions based on emotion, and we could also say making decisions based on senti- sentimentalism or sentimentality. And so let me give you what that definition actually is. Now, in the past, sentimentality has meant simply a reliance on feelings as a guide to truth, okay? Presently, the definition is reliance on shallow, uncomplicated emotions at the expense of reason. It's the idea that morality is somehow grounded in moral sentiments or emotions, okay? So let's back up a little bit here and go back to reliance on shallow, uncomplicated emotion at the expense of reason. I think a lot of parents are parenting that way. You know, they, they, whatever emotion they have in the moment is how they decide to parent their children. And I'm telling you, children don't respond to that. They are a hot mess because they need consistency. They need security. Boundaries provide that. Discipline provides that. Okay, so let's talk about the other end of the spectrum, the idea of parenting or making decisions based on sense or on reason, okay? The definition of sense is intelligence and effective application of the powers of the mind as basis for action and response. I think about what God says in his word about taking our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and about loving him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. The mind is not to be left out of the equation when it comes to loving God, when it comes to loving others, when it comes to loving our children through discipline. So we need to train our mind in the truth of God's word when it comes to discipline. He says in his word that we are to train up our children. What does it say? Uh, Train up our children in basically in the ways of the Lord. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. See that, that verse just totally skipped my mind. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So God is, is telling us that we do need to use our sense and reason that he's given us And that sense and reason is rooted in the truth of God's word. Um, Another piece of that definition of the word sense is sound mental capacity and understanding, typically marked by shrewdness and practicality. And so we can discipline our kids based on what we know to be true instead of just our emotions. In fact, instead of our emotions. The word reason, let me give you uh, the definition of that because sense and reason sort of go hand in hand. It's the capacity of consciously applying logic to seek truth and draw conclusions from new or existing information. So we are learning as we go. We're studying God's word to find out what kind of parent we're supposed to be. We're reading good parenting materials. A couple of my favorite resources is Ginger Hubbard. Uh, She's a very good friend of mine, and she has a podcast 
on biblical parenting, and I will include the link to that podcast in the notes. She also has a couple of really good books, uh, Don't Make Me Count to Three, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Taming Your Child's Tongue. And she gives so many biblical references to her Uh, suggestions on reaching the heart of your child. Another great book that I love is written by Paul David Tripp. It's called Simply Parenting, and it's about gospel-centered parenting. Those are two really powerful resources. And so we go to God's Word, and we find great biblical resources for parenting, and we continue to train our minds and our hearts Um, to align them with what God's word has to say about how to disciple children and discipline children. Because who knows better than their creator as to how to go about that? So we have to understand that boundaries are essential. I can't stress enough, if you're trying to homeschool without discipline, without proper discipline and some structure, it is just not going to go well for you. And your children aren't going to learn as well because boundaries are absolutely essential. The number one reason is that we know from God's word that kids are born sinful. And so they need consistent boundaries. It's what makes them feel secure. It's what makes them um, grow quickly in confidence. And they are then better able to learn more effectively. This is why we spend a lot of time in the early years working on character formation, working on, we start with behavior, but we are moving towards their hearts, right? We start by just saying, you know, when they're toddlers, no, you can't touch that. But a one-year-old can't understand why, but that's not necessary. They just need to understand that they're not supposed to touch that and to respect that boundary. And this is what we start with. And then eventually we get to the point where we can start explaining why, but it starts by working on behavior with the intention of eventually being able to explain and get more to the heart of the matter. It reminds me of how a shepherd leads sheep out of their pin into the green pasture on a daily basis. Um, There's a book that I've read, a couple of books by Philip Keller. He wrote A Shepherd Looks at the 23rd Psalm, but right now, and that was an excellent book. I read that twice. Right now I'm reading A Shepherd Looks at the Good Shepherd, and he explains the perspective of a Middle Eastern shepherd as he was um, back in the day, and he applies these principles to our shepherd, the good shepherd, who leads us out of the stinky pen, out into the green pastures, because he knows that's what's good for us. We would tend to stay in the stinky pen because it feels safe and secure and uh, familiar, but he gently leads us out into green pastures. And as parents, we do the same thing. We are shepherding our children. We are taking them out of the muck and the mire of... um, of their own sinfulness into the green pastures of self-control and you know just the list of character qualities that we we are trying to grow in our children it's it's how we lead them to green pastures because our children and we have so much more peace when we have self-control when we are other oriented when we are living out the principles of God's word 
So we discipline our children for their good, just like God disciplines us for our good. We don't discipline our children based on our emotions. You know, sometimes we have emotions of embarrassment or anger, and we can tend to discipline from that place. And God is calling us not to do that. He is calling us to discipline them for their good. We should leave those discipline scenarios better than when we got there. So our children should be better off after we have completed the discipline process than they were before we went into it. So we want to use a biblical framework. You know, I often told our kids while they were growing up, God doesn't give a lot of instruction in the Bible to children. The one main thing that he tells them is to honor and obey their children because we are the parents. Parents, we are the common means that God uses to bring our kids to Christ, to teach them and to train them. So that's what we're doing as we discipline them and we walk alongside of them and we train them along the way. Now we're not we're not training dogs. So we're not just training for behavior. We are training disciples of Christ. And God uses us to do that. That is a privilege and an honor. And so we want to do it in a way that honors God and in a way that's effective. And the only way that's going to be effective is the way that the creator says that we are to do it. We use a biblical framework. And you know, it's interesting because Every law in God's word, every principle in his word that he asks us to follow and requires us to follow falls under the two greatest commandments. Jesus said the two greatest commandments were these, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Did you hear that? Heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to love our neighbor as ourself. So... Pretty much every parenting principle will fall under those two categories. For instance, when my child is uh, maybe getting too caught up in gaming, I did a, a, a blog post a while back when gaming becomes a god. And one of the points that I made in there was that when my child is cranky, because they can't play, they're angry, um, they they play longer than they are allowed to play um, because that gaming is running their life. It has become their God. In that instance, we're looking at that principle. We want to teach our kids to love the Lord their God with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength. And as we're nurturing sibling relationships and teaching our kids how to have healthy relationships, we're teaching them how to treat others the way that they want to be treated. So again, remember that we are homeschooling our children, but homeschooling is one of the tools that God uses and can use to disciple, to to train disciples of Christ. It's not the only tool, but it is one of the tools. And so as we're walking out our homeschooling journey, we have to bear that 
in mind. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we want to disciple our children. And if we're doing a good job of that and we're we're listening to the Lord's direction, our children are going to get a superior education. Lastly, remember to pray over your kids because at the end of the day, the work that needs to be done in their hearts is is a work that God has to do. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to homeschool our kids. Thank you that it is a mighty tool that you use to help train disciples of Christ. Lord, help us to remember what our goals are. It's easy to become caught up in the checklist or the the um, uh, just the minutia of the day-to-day. And we can get distracted from what our overarching goal really is. We want to honor you and we want to raise our children in the nurture and admonition of you. God, show us what that looks like. Help us to be stubborn about our goals, flexible about our methods, but to engage as parents and be sure that we are disciplining our children like you have called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 